welcome to the Freud's Angels podcast, where two highly intuitive women dig into everyday problems using our connection to the divine, psychology, and energy work. We support you in your self-awareness, growth, and aid you in your shadow work. Now we're your hosts. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Grace. Let's get into the show. Welcome to episode 120 of the Freud's Angels podcast. Woohoo! 120. It's funny because I, I was like, oh, it's today. And I was like, no, today's 220. <laughs> You've lost all. Today's actually 219. It's, yeah, not yeah. yeah. it's not even 220. Yeah. Well, look at that. See, <laughs> <laughs> I'm all over the place. <laughs> Wait, waiting for that new moon energy to help me renew <laughs> but anyway you know why i feel weepy and tired and like i want to have a good cry it's a new moon in pisces yeah <laughs> that makes so much sense yeah right <laughs> i've actually decided that on this i've had i bought this um this is an aside but i bought um this seed planting kit when i was in new jersey over the summer and it's meant to be planted with the moon phases and um my intention when i bought it was that when i got back home I would start, I would start planting it as like my, you know, on, on the first new moon, when I got home as like my, my renewal back here in South Carolina and you know, you know, the box is still intact and I haven't done it because I've been like, well, you're not at like your landing spot, landing spot. You're in your temporary space. Like all this crap that came through on like the other day, I thought that's the dumbest. Yeah. Like that's, 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 that's not the good energy that you need right now. Like <laughs> That's, that's not that's not where we need to be doing this. So I said to myself, this new moon coming, I'm gonna this is gonna be my my uh, my renewal planting, my my seed planting. So that that's what I'm gonna be doing for this. I have, a, I have a candle that my friend, it's a magic hour candle, which is amazing. They go magichourcandles.com, I think is her website. She oh. Uh, they do an amazing job and they have like all candles for like elementals um your astrological sign like embolic and like you know all the witchery um, celebrations and new moons and yeah so there's one that they do called celebration celebrate and i got that candle back when i was living in sedona like like i don't know 2019 like really long time ago (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I thought, oh, I'm going to light this candle when I X, Y, and Z. And then I never do X, Y, and Z. And then, oh, hold on, guys. I might sneeze. Um, my cat just came and said hello. And she got her hair on my nose. Um, and so then, like, and then I was like, oh, sorry. I want to sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to pause for a moment. <laughs> Every time I go to sneeze, it goes away. Okay. Um, I'm gonna end up just sneezing on freaking this podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good, man. I mean, um, the, things the things that we've gone through on this podcast. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so I I drug it from everywhere. I still have it. It is not lit. It's sitting right over there, and it's not lit. And I'm waiting for something to celebrate about. And as you were saying that, I'm like, damn it, fuck it. I should just <laughs> celebrate just whatever. I don't need a reason. Why am I waiting to yeah. light a fucking candle? Like. Yeah. I- <laughs> 
Yeah, it's the lack of time. You know, again, like we're on an aside project, which, you know, does not shocking for us, but like that resonates so much. Like I, I bought, there was a bunch of candles that I bought while I was up there. You know, like I was, I was checking out all the metaphysical shops that I never checked out when I was up there. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't in that space, you know, and, uh, you know, getting all this stuff and everything. And, and I did the same thing. I bought these candles and I let them sit and, and like, I make candles. Like, what am I doing? Like you can make, you can just make more. Why are you being so weird about it? But it was like, I wouldn't do it. You know, like just, well, I got to save it for a special occasion. Like I have one right now. I can see right now that it's it, it's a housewarming. Like that's the intention that I bought it for. I didn't burn it because this isn't my house, right? Like it's like, the oh you know, right? Like look, <laughs> looking at it and being like, that is like, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, you can't, <laughs> you can't do that if you want to be inspired. You can't hold off inspiration, right? Like, but you know what candle I did burn? Um, it's right over here. My uh, business success candle that I got for my birthday. I burned the shit out of that one, right? Because I, I was like, oh yeah, I need this. I need this. You know, crazy. You know, the things that we that we hold off on, right? Like, uh, yeah. Oh my God. That just opened up a whole bunch of things. I've done yeah. it recently with so many things. Glasses I wouldn't use because I was afraid that something was going to happen to them. Like my Golden Girls glasses. I'm like, who cares, man? Buy another set if they get ruined in the dishwasher. Use them because having them sitting in your stupid cabinet and moving from place to place and never using them is just not a, it's just bad energy, man. <laughs> Well, it's it's almost like you're waiting for a moment to live. Like it's yeah. almost like you're waiting for you to give yourself permission to enjoy the life that you're yeah. creating. It's almost like I can't, you know, it's like this moment's not worthy enough. It's not good enough. It's not yeah. big enough. Well, yeah. when we, okay. And, and this is obviously turning into some sort of tangent, but um, <laughs> think about it, friends, when we're trying to manifest goodness in our lives, Whatever it is, maybe it's just stability. Maybe it's just happiness. You don't have to be manifesting grand ass things. Maybe it's just, I would love to feel at home in my space, or I would love to feel at home in my body and in myself. Like the the energy that you attract is the energy that you're in. It's like, you know, I. It's like after we're done recording, it's like I'm I'm gonna go and light this celebration candle because. I want to be in celebration. I want to be always in this celebratory mode of isn't life awesome? Isn't life grand? Isn't my life fantastic? Sure. There's ups, there's downs, there's lows, there's highs, but for fuck's sakes, I'm alive and I'm allowed to enjoy the highs and the middles and Mm -hmm. even the lows sometimes. Like I'm allowed to enjoy all of that. And I really think that if we give ourselves permission to light the candles, to, you know, to use the glasses, I used to use my mother's china for, for regular plates because I was like, I'm just going to use them. Like, why wouldn't I use the good stuff? Cause it brings me joy. Uh So it's kind of, yeah, it's just giving yourself permission to live the life that you created and, and, and to enjoy it. You're allowed to, here's permission. You needed it we're giving it to you. Yeah. I love that, that we don't have to wait for it. We don't have to set achievement levels before we're allowed to feel good, you know, like before we're allowed to celebrate before we're allowed to appreciate, right? Like I can't appreciate until I achieve 
X, Y, and Z. That's ridiculous. That is, that is exactly what you're talking about. Of like, that's, that's like the non manifestations that I'm looking for. Like I'm not looking for the, uh, now is not good enough. And you're only going to be good enough when you achieve blank. Like that's, I don't want that energy, but that's what I'm putting out there when I do things like that, you know? And it's like eye opening, you know? And, and yeah, that's, 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 that's a big one. <laughs> Me like, you know what? I can do whatever. I can celebrate that this day exists. I can celebrate that. I can celebrate whatever the hell I want. I can celebrate that you know, Alexa picked a great freaking playlist for me in the morning. I can turn that into a freaking party. If that's yeah. what I decide to do. Yeah. And I, and, and yeah. Yeah. So I, I love that tangent. I feel like we needed to be on that tangent. We needed to hear this besides yeah. us. Yeah. Besides us. Yeah. <laughs> no, we needed to do it. I needed to look at that housewarming candle. I mean, I, I looked right at it. It was almost like I'm over here talking and, and the universe is like, oh yeah, <laughs> I got something for you to look at. <laughs> Well, there's nothing to say that we can't, you know, use it to bring intention, like housewarming. So burn it, say, I'm bringing in the feeling of owning my own house or like having my own space and, and, and yeah. owning that and bringing that intention closer. Why not? That's magic. Absolutely. Crazy, right? Like, it's just crazy with the thoughts on that. And and then the lack, right? Like I used to not burn candles because they, they were expensive right? Like, I'd be like, I spent $10 on this candle. I am only gonna, like, if people come over, that's when I'm gonna light this candle, because <laughs> that's, like, you know, the only time. I... And then it was like, um, excuse me, that's my money <laughs> that I spent on that? I'm gonna burn the shit out of that candle, and I'm gonna love it. And every time I walk by it, I'm gonna be like, I am so happy I had that freaking candle. And it did change everything. And now, like, even if it's just tea lights, I just like the, the warmth of the, the candles, and I'm good with it you know, and I did circumvent it a little bit by being like, well, if I make some candles, <laughs> I won't feel so bad about burning the candles. <laughs> well, and, and the idea that you're going to burn it only when somebody else is there, what they get to profit, they get to feel good. Uh, what? Why don't you get to feel good about the money you earned and you paid for it like that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, but I do, I mean, I used to do it. People do it all the time, right? Like just, yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah, like great tangent to go on because I think, yeah. We both definitely needed to, we need to light some, we're going to be some candlelight and fools. <laughs> I know. We're going to light every candle we own. Right. I'm going to burn them all. <laughs> anyway, our, our, our real topic that we had picked out, we did have one picked out. <laughs> we did. We did. It's um, <laughs> we, we're going to talk about a kind of a dualistic type of conversation today. We're going to talk about how to help your child if you have children of a young age or even an older age how to help them have a good relationship with their body with food like some of the things to say and not to say some of the ways to help them through some of the challenges they're going to come to when they're older but I think it also talks to how to validate our own experiences and using because you know, there's always that inner energy, you know, whenever we experience that first bullying or trauma, you know, we kind of sometimes stay at that age in some ways and that that's inside us. And so part of healing our relationship with our own bodies is to be able to validate its experience and what it went through and to really um, understand the impact of some of the events of our lives and how it created, you know, the bodies we have today. 
Yeah. So yeah. I think it's important. I think, you know, the the more we go on and, and the way the I feel this conversation in my world is, is relevant because of, I feel the heightened sense of understanding my body and taking care of it and listening to it. I've been on a really big journey and I'm in that space right now where I've like reached that level of acceptance and understanding and, and validation of my experience. And so to know that that gives you a little bit of breathing room and freedom from having to battle with yourself all the time, I think you know, but I also know what my parents did or didn't do to me that, um, that created that ba- inner battle. So yes. that's why it's like, let's talk about ways that you can help your child through it, whether male, whether female, whether non-binary, whether whatever that child chooses to be. And, um, in the future, at least you can help them now and, and help encourage them to feel good about the bodies that they have now. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge, it's a, it's a huge topic that like, I think that we kind of glaze, I don't want to say glaze over, but surface level talk about in society, you know, like, it's like, oh, this is a good idea to do. And then we don't do it, <laughs> you know, like as a society. Um, And like, once you become a parent, you know, and you can speak to this too, once you become a parent, you start to think about things very, very differently, you know, about what messages your kids are getting either like from you or from society you know like and and how to you know put good messages in there and how to battle your own programming so that you're putting better messages in and it, i mean it is a freaking struggle and i think like um you know for me i've i've really i've really i've really struggled i think with what's the right way you know i have a daughter she and you know she's beautiful and she's healthy and um you know, but, but trying to teach her, you know, without having it be something that she feels like she has to manage has been interesting, you know, like, I think I'm doing a good job, but it, yeah, it's been, it's been very interesting. And, and, and the mama, the mama bear comes out a lot when, when like, I hear something and I'm like, that's not what we do, you know? Like, so like, for instance, you know, like we don't have a scale in our house she's seen in our old house we did but because the previous owners had them and then my boyfriend who who lived in had one too but like it was for fun like she'd get out of the bathtub and be like oh you know like what's my number you know like and and it was usually the same so it wasn't even like a big deal and and we never talked about what it meant or anything like that it was just like a tool like any other tool like you measure the flower you measure your body you know like you know just kind of it is what it is but um I can remember, uh, in particular, you know, like this person saying something about I'm getting fat or something and like patting his belly. And he was not, by the way, I mean, this dude works out like <laughs> four times a week and immediately I was activated and I was trying real hard to be nice about like, we don't talk like that in this house. <laughs> It did not come out nice because that's exactly what I said in that tone. And I was like, well, okay. Like I, I just learned something about myself, right? Because I am, I, I was wounded if I had to bite back like that, you know, and it did bring me into some, some inner child's, you know, stuff. And it's like, 
we don't we don't use that word she i don't even know like really if she knows what that means like if she sees somebody who is of a bigger size she just says oh that person is a bigger size you know like she doesn't use like those those terms and i don't want her to and i don't like we don't talk about like our weight we talk about being strong when we go to work out we do it to be strong or to be fast or you know, something like that. Like when we eat, we talk, when we talk about food, like I tell her, you know, that we, we make healthy choices and she's so cute. Like she'll just ask, like, is this healthy? And I'll say, yeah, or no, or not so much. And, and she tries, you know, to be, you know, health conscious, but at times she's just like, well, I like it anyway. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, that's okay. And that's why you're having it because it's okay every now and then to have things that you definitely know are not like super healthy, but you know, you're doing it, you know, like trying to, but it's, I mean, it's hard. I get like, even having this conversation, I feel like I'm stumbling over my words because it's, it's an everyday, like, conversation it feels like and trying not you know trying to have it be natural and easy instead of being obsessive when we've got this entire world around us that is really unsafe when we when it actually comes to the body and food and stuff like that yeah and it's really hard because one of the things like you know if you have outside influences like other family members. You have outside influences like school, uh, babysitters, so many people. And it's hard to, you can't monitor and 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 censor everybody's words and everybody's whatever. But mm-hmm. you can be prepared to have conversation and, mm-hmm. and, and to say to them, you know, so many of us have different bodies, but we're, we all have a body and that's what makes us so wonderful and so connected and, and really kind of creating that sense of wonderment about their body and the sense of like, Oh, look at my body. I have a belly or I don't have a belly or my legs are short and your legs are long. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's discovery and teaching them a sense of discovery. The biggest thing I think step number one is I've only been a parent of boys, so I, I maybe misstep on the girls, like, like with girls, like what to actually say. But for me, it's understanding that what I say and do to myself mm-hmm. is going to be mirrored in them. So the more that we as parents do the inner work of like how we treat ourselves, mm-hmm. the better success our children are going to have. And because we may talk to them and say, this is what it is. But if we turn around and say, Oh, this is such a fat ass. Like we're not mirroring what we're teaching. And because of that, they're going to pick up on our behaviors. So step number one is what is your behavior with your own body? Like, how do you treat it? How do you talk to it? How do you talk to yourself? Like, do you restrict foods and, and, and do you like, are you a person who is a constant dieter? Like I have never not known my mom as a kid to go to work with cottage cheese and, and something else. And she always would take cottage cheese and something else. And like, because she was constantly on a diet yeah. because she was constantly trying to lose weight. Yeah. 
And that's all I know my mom to do is to be in in this endless weight loss journey. Therefore, what did I do? Begin an endless weight loss journey until I decided that I didn't want to do it. I was like, this isn't working. (laughs) Yeah, right. Working. And I also, you know, with her words, like, you know, she didn't do the greatest of jobs. Of course, we all know my mantra of my childhood (laughs) was, you know, if you lost weight, you'd be pretty or, you know, or don't eat that. That's not good for you. Or don't do this or don't do that. Or, you know, there's this sense of all this restrictions and this is bad food versus good food. This is, you know, you don't get to eat that because you're overweight, like a punishing it's used as punishment. It's used as, you know, X, Y, and Z. So that's a really important place to start is yourself how you treat yourself. But I also feel that a good place to start is what you're saying to your child. Like no child ever needs to hear you can't have that because it's bad for you. Well, so here's the thing. This is where I get triggered. Okay. There are tons of bad foods out there, really bad foods that destroy your body. And if I don't say that, how do you know? Right. Like my child would eat Sonic hamburgers all the time. If I let her, they're not nutritious for her body. Like teaching her that that food is not the best choice is important. Is exactly what you just said. But when you're telling somebody you can't have this at all, because it's not to say that you're saying this is not a nutritional value. This is not good for your body. It's not going to feed your body. You're you're teaching her to have a relationship with choice, not mm-hmm. with you can't have it because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, it, but and because different. I'm the gatekeeper, though. Yeah, that's what that's. It doesn't matter what I say. I'm not letting her have it. So she's gonna get like whether I say you can't have it or today we're not going to have it. She's seven. She's, I'm the gatekeeper. I told her she can't have it because it's bad for her. That's how her seven-year-old brain is going to, to, to process that. And like, I mean, I go through this all the time because the problem is that these things are accessible and they are easily accessible and, and everybody is taught to go get them and to go have them. And when you really start like when I really started paying attention to my own food habits and things like that and realizing how how addicted I was to what I was programmed to be addicted to. It made me be like, well, how am I going to shield my daughter from that addiction that is being planted in her head? It's being planted by some, by, by society. It's being planted by commercials. It's, I mean, she asked me the other day, are Burger King burgers good? And I was like, in my head going, well, of course, because they have a round table to make sure that they put enough things in there to make you want it so that you'll eat that food that is going, is destroying your body. Like we, we know this, like we, we have these conversations all the time about what food choices we're making that are destroying our bodies. If I don't teach her that, how does she learn that? Right? Like she doesn't see me do it. I don't right. eat any of that food. And I completely I'm on so hard. all of all of what you're saying and I completely agree but when you have a parent the shit that I was restricted as a child is now my crack it's now my trauma it's now because I was never allowed to have it as a child 
because of, and it wasn't because it was bad. There was other reasons on top of that. But now I, I like, I went, my pendulum swung the whole far the other way. Now everybody's experiences are different. That's why you can't really, yes, there is a guideline, but I think that in everybody's experience, there has to be some sort of understanding of the person, the child, the environment, the whatevers. Um, but like, so in my experience, all the things I was restricted on when I was an adult, that's all the things that I went to do eat and have because I never could have it as a kid. And when you explain it and when you talk about it, you're talking about it from the space of wellness, not a sense of, yes, of course, we're going to restrict. That's the same word. We're going to restrict them having it because we don't want them to have un- food that's not great, that's horrible, that's chemically like, you know, add- additives and all that stuff. That's true. However, when you're at a space, you're not restricting it without reason. If my mom was to say to me as a kid, hey, you know, it's not really good for us to have this stuff, you know, and to have a conversation about, you know, not that you have intellectual, you have more intellectual conversation with your daughter, I think, than most people would, you know, but (laughs) but that's because that's your relationship with her. But your relationship with her is that you, you, she looks to you to take care of that's, and then here's another point of it. She trusts you because you've been there. You've been solid. You take care of her. You have a relationship with her that's loving, that's kind. You allow her to be who she is. You give her the information she seeks in the way that she can hear it. You are her ally. So what do we do with the people that don't have allies as parents? Like how, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's the kind of the thing is that my mom and I never had that relationship. Like I, you have an amazing relationship with your daughter. So that's to me is like kind of step one. What type of relationship do you have with your child? Are yeah. you an ally in, 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 in allowing them to grow and nurture and giving them enough information to help them understand what we're saying? But yet yeah, because like, as you were, as you were talking, all I could think about was there's, there's no conversation about weight. There's no, like, we don't talk about the foods making you fat. We don't talk like, that's a whole other trauma that goes along with right yeah. like it, like it just kind of I don't know I went through the timeline of being like well if I have low self-worth and then I can go have the things that I want because no you don't you don't love me anyway <laughs> right well then fuck it I'm gonna go have the things that I want that you never let me have but if you were if you were nurtured like to love yourself because you felt that you were loved we would be having a different conversation. And that's, that is exactly like you said, the the point of when we're having these conversations of like really needing it to be coming from a space of our own self-awareness of like, who, who are you right now? So that we're not negating everybody else's knowledge of themselves, right? Like, like right. leading people into their own discovery by example is like what we we actually have the opportunity to do right now because you know I'm talking about a daughter I'm talking about me you're talking about you you're talking about your mom like these are all four very specific instances that we can talk about that every single one of them is different yeah and that's the beauty of being able to bring this like to the forefront right now and I think ideally like if I were to see you know it's not to say that 
parents, we all, all parents make mistakes. All parents have those moments. All parents will say something and they're like, oh, I don't think I should have said that that way. <laughs> and th- it's going to happen. But I think your intentions, Vanessa, with, with how you, you are raising her and building your relationship with her and how she builds her relationship with her body and food is a really great example about how that can be successful or at least successful as it goes you know things are going to change you know when she becomes a a young adult or a teenager it's stuff when hormones start to come into play that's another conversation Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. but this is like i'm gonna need valium for no just yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah but but it's i love that you have that because there's a contrast to that and to like maybe my own mother and how she raised us and and without the lack of understanding validation empathy connection like there was no connection and I need and I wanted connection where you have a deep connection like how even if you're in middle ground somewhere as a parent how can you create connection that you can have those conversations at a young age where you can tell them this is this is like you know, this is why we don't eat a lot of this or why we don't eat it at all because of X, Y, and Z and having that to be able to share that, like something, and I'm trying to remember what the whole conversation was, but on the gist of it, the conversation I had with somebody recently is that if you don't feel you're worthy of health and wellness, you're not going to make the decisions based on health and wellness. Sure. 100%. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where that starts. Like you have to, as as uh, as parents, I think there's an understanding of how we treat ourselves where we feel we're unworthy of health or worthy of health, whichever end of that spectrum we're on. And having that understanding and seeing what we do to our own self and then being like, okay, this is what I have to not do. <laughs> like yeah. this is the model I don't want to follow like my parents model of like whatever they did I want to try a different model and a different way of helping my child be healthy with themselves mm-hmm. and food and, and movement and whatever and so part of that I feel maybe you know that awareness comes first but also tending to those parts of yourself that feel unworthy because we want to feel worthy we need to feel worthy yeah and and that's that inner child work that that dualistic kind of conversation where we said we were going to have is there's a child within us like maybe a child like you have in front of you that has been through the opposite of what we're trying to do for them Mm -hmm. and sometimes validating our own experience and saying hey you know what my relationship with food is this because my mom didn't make me, my parents didn't make me feel like I was worth health and wellness or that I was worth good things. So, you know, I, I just, I do the things they said I couldn't do because of whatever Mm -hmm. it's, it's tending to that part of us and having that sense of compassion and validation for that experience as a child with an unnurturing parent. Mm -hmm. And you know, and when we can access that, I feel in some ways we can access the ability to be that for our own children. 
mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I don't know if yeah. that any of that made sense, but it's well, it does make sense because it's like any of our, our experiences, right? Like what anything, any of our woundings that we got from childhood, we're like, well, let's try not to do that. <laughs> you know <what> I mean, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I know exactly how that feels. So I'm going to try to like not do that, <laughs> but you know, trying to access something that you don't have access to <laughs> in those moments is really, really difficult. And like, when we talked about body stuff, as we've talked about the body series, I 1000% am always behind the fact that food is the worst thing to have to deal with. (laughs) And when you have a negative relationship with it, because you have to eat it, (laughs) you have to eat any other thing that you have an addiction to, you can just like, abstain from and still survive. You can't with food. And we are in a just a food obsessed society but we're in a like a food obsessed society a diet obsessed society a body obsessed society like we just like here i go down the rabbit hole like i'm starting to feel it in my in my my stomach too of just like when we're trying to access that what comes swirling around in our heads during that time and that's that's where i think a lot of people get confused and that's where those automatic reactions come in and you say those things like you said where you're like fuck like so I said that <laughs> now I have to backpedal because that's not what I meant. You know, um, it, it's like, I, I think, you know, going backwards is, you know, when, whenever I have clients, I always say like, listen, we're not going to do the family history thing up front, but we are going to dip into that when things become like necessary to go back and ask the questions i'm going to ask you the questions and we're going to talk about experiences and and events but we're only going back there to get information we're not going back there to reactivate and get blame we don't even have to get too into specifics sometimes sometimes it's like super surface level but as you were talking about growing up i was sitting here thinking like what do i got in there like what what do i have in there and i honestly didn't come up with much and I was like, well, where does that come from? Well, because we lived in the middle of the damn woods. Where were we going? <laughs> right? like, where were we going to get that bad food? It wasn't happening very often. So like, I grew up with parents that cooked food. Like, and to be honest, I know that where some of my food stuff comes from is that like when we were super dead broke, we were eating what my dad like hunted for. And I didn't really like it most of the time. So like, it was like, you know, being able to have my own choice and create my own meals and everything like that. I went to the other end of it, but we were very like kind of balanced eaters. We didn't not have bad stuff, but it was always kind of like given to us as like, well, you can have that, but you got to like, you got to balance it out. Like you can't always have junk. You have to have like the good stuff first, right? Like, or if, you know, we did the clean plate club thing, which I don't do, you know, um, but the balance, right? Like, and so I feel like it's easier for me to access that because of that. So when you're talking about like that relationship to me, it's like not foreign because that's what I had. So it's almost like I'm just repeating it except the part that I'm leaving out is the the broke ass stuff you know where like I'm always <laughs> saying like listen we're always gonna have food so don't worry about it you know don't feel like you gotta finish all of the whatever's right now there'll be more of it we're never gonna run out of food so don't like you know the scarcity thing is is the thing that I think is where my inner child 
like at work had to be of like you know you don't have to eat shit because you're broke kind of thing like you'll never do that but otherwise it was like we you know mom always cooked she taught us how to cook we ate great meals like they were very healthy we had gardens like you know I I did get taught some really good stuff about food and my body I don't really ever remember us talking about weight we're all athletes though so we didn't have to talk about weight we were always trying to be healthy in order to be good at a sport so it was kind of just built in there we didn't I mean I think there were probably like little jokes about fat here and there. And I know me, I'm, I'm half Portuguese. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the child that has a different dad. So I've always had an ass <laughs> and thighs always. And I know that sometimes those things would come up, but for the most part, there wasn't like teasing or like, I didn't hear any of those like, oh, you're getting fat or, you know, like we don't eat those things because they make us fat. But I know that I, I was presented with the idea of weight, you know, out, but it was always outside. It was never something that I had to internalize. And that really changes the perspective when you think about other people who didn't have that experience, you know, of really being like, yeah, if you're not, if you, if you're not taught that you can't access that, it's not part of your DNA at this point. And that sucks. It makes me sad because a lot of people are dealing with that. Yeah. Well, and you know, the idea and, and also food poverty has a lot to play in it. And, you know, and growing up, my, our basic meals were hot dogs and box macaroni and cheese. Um, occasionally we would have hamburgers, which my mother would burn. Um, so <laughs> the worst my mother's not that is the worst um and macaroni and cheese baked macaroni and cheese which i did not like occasionally fish and very rarely chicken chicken thighs and so it's processed Mm -hmm. food it's Uh all food that's cheap Uh that's processed there were no i mean there were frozen veggies sometimes but there were not salads there i was never taught to eat salads and love veggies it was never it was never a thing. And, mm. you know, I grew up on a dairy farm. It wasn't a, a food farm. It was a dairy farm. So <laughs> a lot of things were milk heavy. So like, yeah. you know, um, so, and, and sometimes, you know, I, I wish I, I loved those things. I wish I loved vegetables. I wish that I loved different types and different flavors and, and actually knew how to cook them. And mm. I think that that's another thing too, is that you're a great cook. I mean, some of the things that you say that you come up with and then you're like, yeah, it just took me five minutes. And I'm like, you made chicken soup in five minutes. <laughs> like what type of sorcery is that? And I, you know, <laughs> I, I get, I, I kind of get very envious because you have such an easy way you see things and it happens. It's so easy. Whereas yeah. for me, it takes like three days of planning and, and like really intensely. Cause I was never taught to cook. Like my mm-hmm. grandmother didn't cook much and my mom didn't cook and what she did cook. I didn't like, so I never wanted to. Yeah. Cook what she cooked. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, if it doesn't have some sort of burger, meatloaf, crumbled beef or uh chicken involved in it, I don't even know what to do with it. So yeah, that's, that's part of it too is, is, mm-hmm. you know, mom had 72 dollars 
every two weeks for groceries for four people. Like, what do you what do you buy for for that amount of money for four people? Yeah, like cereal, peanut mm-hmm. butter, jelly, white bread, like all the things that most parents nowadays would be like, oh my Jesus, no, like. Right. Well, and, and like, even, you know, just kind of, I just kind of had a moment of compassion for her being like, even if she wanted to grow a garden and feed you from the garden, when was she going to have time to tend to that? garden? (laughs) You know, like that would have been really great. Like that, that's the, the solution that we all think of, right? Like it's the first thing that I think of when, when we started to have chains, like food chain shit, I was like, well, I'll go fucking plant a garden in the woods that nobody knows about. Like, right like and that's how I'll eat like good luck everybody else you know like that's to me like the first thing but I have the time to do that like and I'm super aware of that and it's the same thing with cooking I have the time like I've been fortunate enough to create you know the business that allows me to have the time to cook my meals that if it takes an hour it takes an hour if it takes 30 minutes it takes 30 minutes you know like and yeah like my, my, we don't even go out to eat very much. My kid doesn't like food from a restaurant because she's so used to the way that mom cooks that it's not laden with butter and salt and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Like she eats macar- macaroni and cheese from one restaurant is like literally the only thing that she ever wants, you know, and yeah, like it, it just, it's just a whole different perspective from for, for her than it is for, you know, a kid that's in, in the situation that you were in where it's like, where's the money for the food that's good? Where's the time that mom has to create the meal, even if even if the money was there? Yeah. Like, yeah. and now, see, and now I'm like, I'm starting to get activated again, because I'm like, we were taught this. This is element of control by, you know, the, the powers that want to control us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then she's like one of the many of millions of people in in the U.S. right now where they make too much money to get food support through the state, but yet they don't have enough to feed their children. Like this is like it, it it's something that really kind of you know is is hard and triggering and you know and the more I talk about it, the more I kind of have a little bit of softening of realization and uh, anger towards you know i'm not mad at her she did the best she could in that sense but you know when i think about food and the relationship she gave to me i'm like okay maybe it wasn't all her just being neglectful (laughs) part of it is is her circumstances you know um but then i'm like but she put herself there (laughs) so it's 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 a hard but so and there's (laughs) another thing too is that you know and, and it's funny because before i was born and when tommy when Tommy was really young, my older brother, she did have a garden. Mm. But when my dad left, because she had to work extra, she worked overtime. Mm. There was nobody there to help her with the garden or the kids to do the garden. And so, you know, we always had that plot of land that was overgrown and overbrushed over in the side of the house that never was a garden again. Like, it hurts my feelings. Like, like at one time she did do all the gardening because she canned I think she grew green beans because she in the cellar she had she had cans and cans and cans <laughs> of green beans and I'm like is that all you grew <laughs> <laughs> is that all you grew or are those the worst things and that's why I'm left over. <laughs> so, and, and 
part of me was like, oh, you know, like I was looking at container gardening because I would love to like garden and like heavily like one season and yeah. can everything yeah. and be a canner because that's that's a thing yeah. and it's something that they you know what a way to have fresh fruit and jet and vegetable fresh vegetables sorry guys and um you know that doesn't taste like canned like can in a can can mm-hmm. but tastes relatively fresh when you open them up and use them tomatoes and mm-hmm. and uh, green beans and like i don't know what else i would can but those are the things that come to mind right away yeah, you know? yeah my like, mom used to make like tomato sauce and salsa like her salsa man we we, we blew through that every year because it's so freaking good just yeah. to you know but i yeah so i don't know it i i see how so many factors play into how yeah. we feed our kids how we treat them I didn't have a lot of money to feed my kids. And yeah, they probably, they had like the same four meals on rotate and, you know, and I'm sure that it wasn't the most nutritious way to feed my kids, but it was all that I had and all that I did. I did the best I could do. And, you know, and, and yeah. And because at the time I wasn't really aware or awakened to my lack of relationship with fruit and veg. So I often would forget the vegetables or like wouldn't have like whatever. And my kids, thank God are balanced and, you know, and, and we're willing to try things or to have things. And, mm-hmm. uh, but I was like, Oh, cause I even think back to that. I'm like, I wasn't really fruit. I wasn't veggie, ha- like heavy. I wasn't like, we're having salad with dinner and then we'll have, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wish that that was part of my makeup. I really do. I wish that I had cravings for vegetables that, that Mm -hmm. I, rather than everything else I have cravings for. So you're saying that they're, they're balanced, right? They are. I think because they had my, my youngest two kids had their mother as an influence and she's Vietnamese. And so that they're heavy on the vegetables. So there's, there's balance there. Um, And they were exposed to eating fruits and veg on a regular basis before prior to or even after I was I raised that time that I raised them so mm-hmm. it wasn't like it It was just my own you know my own yeah. stuff with food being passed on so right well but I think that there's something to be said for that too like like when we're having this conversation about what we're teaching our kids you know there are plenty of kids that grow up with no money that figure out how to live well. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it is not a death sentence that if you're, if your family was super broke and you were eating packaged meals every night, that you then had to do that for the rest of your life. Like there's something that is taught about why that's happening or, you know, like that, and that, that's that, that relationship with, with, within your family, right? Like of the understanding. That's why we have people that like, we'll talk about their poverty Christmases, right? And they're just like, we were happy because we understood what was happening, right? Like it wasn't about we were bad and we didn't get gifts or, you know, like we, like a lot of families like are open enough with their kids, you know, not in the traumatizing way. And this is a, this is a freaking tightrope walk sometimes, but allowing them to understand why these things are happening, right? Like if I'm feeding you food that is not good for you, but it's all I can afford, but I tell you that, that's very different than you thinking that this is the food that you're supposed to eat because 
I am not communicating with you that there's something else out there, you know, and that's, you know, like that, that is, I think, kind of like where I go with this kind of thing. I don't, I don't, to me, I see poison in a lot of things. And and that's what it feels like is like, I'm going to hand you poison so that you can have it like what you know like it, it's like ah like <laughs> I don't feel like that's a good idea if I don't have to do it you know like I don't I don't have to I'm very fortunate that I do not have to there are not days where I have five dollars to feed my kid and so then I have to go to a fast food restaurant you know like I, I'm fortunate not to do that but I feel like that's the conversation that would be had if I did yeah. right like this is all we can do right now I want to do better but I can't you know, like what I wish I could have is this, but I can't, you know, like your mom being able to have that conversation. I wish I could go to that garden. I loved, I loved growing vegetables. I don't have time to grow vegetables. I wish I could feed you guys from the garden. It's the best food ever is the shit that you grow in your own garden, but I can't, you'd have a different feeling, The communication wasn't there. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think too, is I think it's her guilt, you know, pride. Mm. It's like, how do you tell your kids you can't take care of them yeah that's hard and it's hard and it's hard for those of you out there right now who are moms that are struggling with that and struggling with that idea of but I but what do you want me to do like how do you want me to feed my kid and it's like the best way that you can yeah and it's not to say that there aren't people in circumstances that are so that are so bad that that's all they got I get it it's sometimes part of people's makeup it's I think it's how you it's how you nurture your kid through the process you can have a really great relationship with your kid and not be able to afford food in a way that's like super uber healthy and I'm not even talking organic I'm talking the best thing that you can do like I get it And, but there's a way to have a relationship with your child that says, this is our circumstances, but this is ideally what we wish to eat. Like, this is what we do. And, you know, it's, it's nurturing them to say, you deserve health and wellness. This is just a circumstantial type of thing. It's not because you don't deserve good food or that Mm -hmm. I don't deserve to feed you good food. It's because of just where we're at right now and to respect that, to you know, control. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, that's where mama goes. <laughs> and to do the best you can, because I mean, if you think about it, even food banks, like they don't always give out the most nutritious food. A lot of it's canned, a lot of it's powdered, a lot of it's really processed. So yeah. it's, you know, even by the government, you're not really being helped. You're just, you know, it's kind of more or less like, oh, <laughs> but. Yeah, this, this took a really weird tangent. A really weird <laughs> talking no, about good. poverty, but I think it's relevant. I it think is a hundred percent relevant because we've got more people in a, a poverty situation than probably ever. Yeah, right mm-hmm. and, and that's sad. That's sad, sad because, yeah, it I mean, makes me. <laughs> it makes me want to see, and this is this is where my heart's at, guys. Like I'm like, maybe I do buy that plot of land. And become a farmer and then just give away the food. Like, how do I create a nonprofit where I can use the government to get their money to feed people on the sly? <laughs> you know, like, 
like good food that was grown in the ground. Like this is, this is how my brain works. Cause that's how activated I am with how sad I am for everybody right now. Everybody's struggling to eat and teach your children how, how to eat, to be able to feed them and to keep them away from all of the dangers of what they're taught about their bodies and how to fuel them. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. And and to also like teach them how to cook. If you don't know how to cook, there's yeah, plenty of kids cooking money. classes out there that you can take them to and that show them how to cook or just I mean half the stuff I learn is online. Like yeah. Oh yeah, YouTube. Really like half the stuff that I'm like, oh, that's what you do. Oh, how many times have I I, I yeah. So yeah. I can and and I and I kind of get after myself because I will sit there and watch a video about how to make some sort of cake and some sort of something else and do that flawlessly. But yet, <laughs> shoot, do I take the time to talk about like broccoli and how to properly steam it? Like, no, that's boring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cause this is, this is like, you know, that conversation that we were having in the last episode of like our addictions and our, like the things that we, the motivations that we have for certain stuff, you know, like I've watched more workout videos than I've probably done. <laughs> Yeah. because I'm like oh well, let me see how it goes then I'm watching like well you're doing a good job but I'm not going to do that <laughs> that seems way too intense no thank you but it, I mean that is what happens a lot of people that I know that weren't that weren't taught how to cook it's tedious it's not fun like unless you're taught how to do it in like that kitchen witchery empowered like dude you can make whatever you want like kind of way it's not exciting. It's tedious. It feels like, oh, like I don't want to do it. You know, like it's so much easier to not because it is so much easier to not, you know, but it's like this whole mindset shift that, you know, when I'm working with people that were, you know, like a now, now having this conversation, man, like we do talk about like, um, you know, childhood stuff. Whenever I have somebody that's going through a health crisis or, you know, going through a health transition, we do talk about that. But I feel like like this conversation has brought it to a whole other level of how we're going to be reparenting that child and giving, giving the information that wasn't there, you know, just like what we were just talking about. Like, I feel like it it deserves to be highlighted how you found compassion for your mom to be like, you know what, there's, there's things that are not okay and will remain not okay. And that's like, we, we allow people to, have made bad choices right but there's something over here that i can find enough compassion to say probably it wasn't with intention that even if it were haphazard it wasn't with intention and sometimes that can just really like take the charge out of something and like i will definitely be using that going forward with my clients and being like you know what like when you were told not to have that piece of cake because it was going to put an extra five pounds on your ass, we're going to go right back to that moment. We're going to talk about that a little bit differently. <laughs> well, and you know, and <clears throat> the thing of it is too, is that once you have an idea and an understanding of like taking the charge out of something, I realized my mom was poor, like in her way. Yeah. She created her situation, but I'd also create a situation where she, you know, the, our food wasn't, full of good nutrients and, you know, and having experienced that as an adult and as a stepmother, it was really 
I don't know. It it was, I have an understanding. I have an empathy that I didn't have before, but it also takes onus off of having to keep the narrative alive in order to punish the person. Mm-hmm. And you can finally have understanding a little bit compassion for the circumstances, not so much the person, the circumstances that person was in mm-hmm. at the time that created whatever wounding trauma, you now have power to take control of it. You now have the power to say, okay, I get why that happened. Doesn't mean you condone it. Doesn't mean that you agree with it, but it means that now I have the power back to make a change and edit that part in my current everyday life and not have it affect me to let go of the story because I don't need to keep it alive to punish the person. There's not a punishment conversation anywhere Mm -hmm. and I can actually move on from it. That's, that's a lot of how I had to deal with, you know, some of the stuff, my relationship with my mom to to get to a space where I feel like I deserve help. That mm-hmm. was a really kind of important turning point, I think, in that is mm-hmm. is being able to have enough seeing that where circumstantial things happen mm-hmm. that created this environment that we were in or that I was in and that I could say, oh, okay, I get it now. I don't need to keep her on the hook or punish her further. I can make changes to change the narrative for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a lot to sort through, you know, like, I mean, I think that, you know, we talk about this all the time about how hard it is to generalize and how hard it is to hit everybody's, you know, everybody's button all at the same time when we're talking about this kind of stuff and, you know, being able to like talk about my life, talk about what my daughter's, you know, experiencing, talking about what you've gone through, talking about your mom, like, using those unique perspectives to be able to kind of blast it wide open and be like listen it is not something that you can generalize so you have to do it like on on the the micro level of me and my experience and what I what I want what I believe what I've been taught to believe you know and what's you know like bringing us into like the current reality too you know like you know again, like I told that line of, you know, sharing with my daughter, the reasons why I'm doing the things that I'm doing, you know, the reasons why we don't eat certain things and we do eat certain things or why some things are like very, very rare, you know, and, and my own belief system having shifted so like so much. I mean, like the, what I had to go through with my own body is what, is what created all of this is like, I didn't, I didn't care before I was part of the, the norm, right? Like of being like, well, every now and then you have that and that's okay. Or like on road trips, you have Taco Bell because you love Mexican pizzas, like, (laughs) but you only have them on, on road trips because they're, you know, they're not good for you, you know, like uh, that kind of, that, that kind of mentality, but then having to go on my own rebuilding my body journey repairing my body journey is what brought me all of the the feelings, you know, being like, well, how did I get here? Like I had to go backwards, right? Like, and be like, well, how did I get here? Being misled, not understanding, sometimes laziness, because I just didn't feel like doing anything different, didn't want to be inconvenienced, uh, you know, certain addictions, things that I was addicted to, like tasting, all of that, that stuff that I had to do because I was repairing the damage that was done by it. And that's where like all the awareness came in. That's where I started to go down the rabbit hole and be like, holy poison everywhere, you know, like, cause it was like, 
it was poison. It poisoned the shit out of your body. That's what happened, <laughs> you know, like, and feeling so much different without it, you know, feeling great without it, seeing how different my life was without it really brought like a whole different level of understanding. And that's why it becomes difficult to have the conversation with my daughter of like, yeah, well, sometimes you can have that absolutely not even close to meat product with that <laughs> really, really processed bun <laughs> and cheese. Sure. I know what the, I know exactly what that's going to do to your tiny little gut that's still growing and still learning how to, you know, digest food and is still growing your little microbiome. Yeah, let's go and wreck it. Like, really hard. It's really hard for me because of the journey that I've been on. And it's like, it's a struggle. And I guess I'm telling that story because of all the stories that I've told before of how easy it felt like my life was and being like, nobody has it easy. Nobody does. We all have programming. We all have things that we were led to believe that we have the opportunity to shift so that we can take care of ourselves so that we can feel like you said, worthy of, of the awesome feeling of like the bare humanness that we were put on this earth to feel. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I hope to get to that <laughs> space one day where I have those feelings that you have, you know, about, you know, feeding your daughter junk. Like I, I hope my wish is that one day I have that same feeling towards myself. And because at some point there's a disconnect and towards that thought in my mouth, like there's, there's, there's a huge disconnect and I, and I won to be like, I don't want to feed this poison to you. I care about you enough to not do that. Mm -hmm. And, but I think, you know, and for those of us, who do struggle with that kind of, you know, allowing ourselves that type of luxury, I feel is, is our, our relationship with the food itself and, and, and what we see and how can we make smaller changes that, that, you know, that go from, you know, overhauling our complete diet to, Hey, let's just swap this out and mm -hmm. see how it goes. And, you know, maybe, okay. It's like, you know, plant-based milk for dairy milk. Like how, let's just swap it out see what happens. And, yeah. and for a week and see if we feel better because dairy is highly inflammatory and, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, that kind of stuff, because I think, I think the mistake that most of us do, and I, I, myself included, um, is, is that we get this idea and thoughts in our head that we have to do it all right now. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. you know I I I want to get there there's a lot of there's a lot of worthiness stuff there's a lot of other stuff relationship stuff there's a lot of well then what would I eat kind of stuff yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> absolutely right like again I had it easy I can cook I can cook whatever I want you know like I have an acorn squash out there I'm gonna I'm gonna make stuffing and I'm gonna roast my acorn squash with some with some homemade like gluten-free stuffing in it I can go do that you know like and I understand my fortunateness of being able to do that you know not being able to do that does leave you in the how the fuck am I going to do it but we don't solve it in a day 
you right. know, like when I talk about Taco Bell, I'm talking like it was four months ago that I had my last Taco Bell, you know, like, but, and this has been a progress as you, as everybody heard in the last episode, the last episode, I, this didn't happen overnight for me either. I had to take a, a whole ass journey of like what was really happening with me and what I could actually do and how, how those things could change. It took a while for, for me to even get to this space, but I'm also going to say guys, documentaries have like changed my life <laughs> like i watched kiss the ground about the earth and 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 gardening and things like that and i like i watched some stuff about like the the food industry and it and it I... helped me stop it, it took it made me it forced me to take my blinders off you know like i had blinders on i didn't want to believe any of that stuff because it made it really inconvenient <laughs> for me but once I really saw it and was was connecting positively to wanting to take care of myself, it was like, you know, like it's it was a sucky moment to be like, well, you know what you have to do. But it really helped me feel like if it was going to be us versus them, I was going to be the winner. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not going to let you do that to me. I'm going to I'm going to I'm now going to control what happens to me. Meanwhile, you know, like, whereas before I was very controlled by everything else outside of me, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. It's just a process. Everybody allow yourselves to have like, however long your process needs to take, just let it be a process. Agreed. Yeah. And I just, for me, I feel as long as there's movement towards yeah. what we wish to have in our lives is every movement is a good movement. And no matter how long it takes, no matter how many times we may step off the wagon and step back on again, it's, it's a matter of, it's not, and it's not diet. It's not about going on a diet. It's not about, it's about controlling the environment of your body. It's like, you know, there's, and this is maybe for some of you mid-level part of your journey. Like maybe you just got to like your body first. And you have to accept the, of what it is. Then you get to that space. Whatever's first, whatever's in the way, whatever's the process is, even if you're just working with your relationship with food or your relationship with your body and wanting to feel worthy enough to have a body mm -hmm. or to be in it, you know, and that's a great place to start. And, and the more you go down that place, the more you'll find um, that place of understanding how, you know, food can be poisonous. And like, you, I was going to say earlier, I'm like, you need to talk to my friend Kimberly. She does all that research and documentary stuff too, about how <laughs> not enough nutrients in the soil right now to there's certain nutrients that our soils are lacking because they're over whatever and yeah. how you know, certain <laughs> supplements are needed. And it's like, yeah, I'm getting it from two different ends of the, of, of like, you know, and I'm like, I get it, but <laughs> I'm working right, but on I can't it. do anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing the best I can, damn it. <laughs> I'm just excited if I eat two salads in a week. Come on. Right. Like, right. Help yeah. me out here. <laughs> right. Right. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, really, like the more I talk about it, the more I stay connected to it, you know, like the I, having this conversation again, like it makes me be like, all right you're you're a part of the you're part of the war on <laughs> shitty food how can you become more of a you know like 
Yeah. Because, because who's going to do it if not, you know? And so like, it's just like anything when we, when we are, when we're tasking ourselves with, with being healers in the world, then we take whatever step we're at and whoever's a step behind us, we just take them with us. Right. Like it's just, it's, it's not about where you are on the spectrum. It's about who you can help along on the spectrum. Yeah. you know, and that's what, that's why I, I feel like it's, you know, m- more of us talking about it, more of us watching the ones, the ones who are close and closer to whatever they are watching, whatever documentary they are at, right? Like we used to have the McDonald's documentary that was like, you know, you know, there's all, there's all these different truths that can be found that can help you feel about yourself something differently. And that's the goal. Like you're not going to do it for anybody else. You're only going to do it for yourself. Don't wait until you're dying to do it, which is usually when people do, right? Doctor says you're going to die. You're oh God, like (laughs) I better do something. You don't have to wait. Don't wait to have a massive heart attack in order to to start treating your body properly. Right. You can love yourself before then. You cannot want to leave the earth before then. (laughs) You can. It's just hard. It's hard. And we've been all over the place with this. I mean, it started out with with the kids stuff, but I think it. I think what it turned out to be was our inner children having talks. Yeah, and also, you know, the the idea of like, what is the origins of your food journey? Like, what are your origins? What are what is because how we treat food is, you know, is indicative of how we were taught to treat it, and yeah. how we. You know, and that evolves over time, of course, as we learn and as Vanessa watches more documentaries, we'll get more information about what food we need to eliminate from our diet next. No, I love Vanessa and all of her knowledge because trust me, if there's a reluctant, there is a reason I don't watch a lot of food documentaries. And that is because I know that I have a sense of guilt and that my, and I don't want to introduce guilt to my process, yeah. but at the where I'm at right now, I'm headed to that point where I can take on the information and be like, what are the next steps in my choices that I can change in order to help me be healthier? So mm-hmm. I know my limits. I have all of those documentaries saved. Like the, there was one on Netflix called Rotten. And yeah, yes. I have that I have that saved. All of them are saved because I want the information and I will seek it when I'm in that space where I'm ready to receive it, but yet not punish myself. If I can't rehab my whole diet, when I'm ready to take pieces of that information and say, what do I need to switch out? Where, what am I switching out and spend a week learning how to cook it, how to eat it. If I like it, maybe I need to do it differently. Like Mm -hmm. the the idea is, is getting something, one thing really good and really absorbing it into our day-to-day stuff in day-to-day life and that way when you do the next change you're not losing something because you're already integrating it in there it's like that mm-hmm. building block so that mountain we're going to climb so yeah. you know i'm not going to do anything without guilt is is like you know something that i'm sitting with people all the time like how do i put boundaries without guilt how do i have this conversation without guilt how do i quit my job without guilt how do I, you know, like, how do I, how do I, how do I, without guilt, like everything, guilt is like our major issue, right? But once we learn how to make mistakes with less guilt, these things become so much easier, right? Like, 
we have pizza Fridays. We have, well, we have gluten-free pizza Fridays now because my daughter is having tummy aches when we have gluten. Here we go. You know, but last week I was like, oh, I'm going to have a piece. I know damn well that dairy and I do not get long, get along. Do you think I had a piece? Of course I did. And then afterwards I was like, so why'd you do that? <laughs> you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't with the extreme guilt. It was like with interest, like what happened, you know, like how did that become something you, you couldn't say no to today, you know, with empathy and with compassion instead of with that guilt. And like, that's the, that's the space I like to be in. That's the space I want to stay in all the time of not beating myself up, but really just getting curious and being like, Whoa, how did that happen? you know, and how do you feel? Right? Like that was the next thing was how do you feel? And I didn't feel great. And I was like, well, yeah, you knew that was going to happen. <laughs> so what are we going to do next time? Right? Like we're going to be be in that space of like, is this really worth it? Yeah. And you know what, it wasn't, but it might be worth it another time, you know, and, and again, it's like without that guilt, without feeling like it has to be guilt ridden. It's what I'm trying to teach my daughter that sometimes right yeah. I don't want her to feel guilty about having a piece of candy you know I want her to know that it's like not you know a major food group that we're <laughs> interested in having but hey man every now and then when you when you made a conscious decision to have a bit of sugar have a bit of sugar but allowing yourself to have that not be in, in imbalance and we do you know we do what we can but yeah and if you're on my end of the spectrum, why do you want the sugar? Yeah. What mm-hmm. is, is it that you just need a taste? Like sometimes I just need a piece of chocolate that because yeah. I'm PMSing and it's like, mm-hmm. I know just that piece will satisfy the, whatever mm-hmm. monster is in my brain and my uterus at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I have it and I'm fine. Sometimes I'm emotionally sad and I can't express my feelings and I don't know why I'm sad. So I'm going to eat my feelings. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's also, it's another avenue of like, what is our mindset? And what is our emotional well-being? And how does that trigger us to want different types of food and different types? Yeah. You know, when I want comfort and, you know, you know, I want mashed potatoes and meatloaf or pasta or something that's really carby because I want comfort and I want that meal that like would taste as if you had a family, you know what I mean? Like it yeah. reminds me of family time and like, there are yeah. certain meals my dad used to love. So when I miss him, I make them and they're not great for me, but I do it because I miss him. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah. It, it's, it's how to kind of uncharge food from our emotions. Yeah. And I love that you just said that. Cause I was thinking about that the other day when I was feeling like eating something really heavy and I was like, I think I'm feeling ungrounded and feeling really full makes me feel grounded. Like, you know, and it was totally like a, Hey, <laughs> right. Like that is really interesting. You know, that, that like comfort foods are grounding foods for me. They're not that they're from the ground, but they make me heavy and make me fit and make me stay. Like, <laughs> in, yeah, exactly. Like it was an, in, it's, it's an interesting, you know, thing. And when we're teaching our kids that, you know, like there, there's a lot, there's a lot that they don't know about their emotions that makes it really, you know, complicated, but being able to be like, do you want that because of how you feel or do you want that because of what it tastes like? Or do you want that because you're bored or do you want that because <laughs> you haven't had it in a while and you miss it? Like, 
what is your emotional state right now? <laughs> My poor kid. <laughs> Being a counselor kid cannot be easy. But, you know, <laughs> however, however she manifests into the adult phase of her life, she's going to be, you know, quite I good. So. I hope so. Maybe the, the Scorpio will help her. Uh... <laughs> maybe, she, but also maybe she'll have like the advantage of having a, like, she'll be like, I need to have therapy for my therapist. Yeah. Like, like a different, like, cause my mom is a therapist. And so I need another therapist to therapy me. Oh like, yeah. She'll, she, she'll need that. She needs it right now. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. So, friends, I know this, this kind of, I think this like parenting child conversation turned into a lot of our own relationships with food and, yeah. and our bodies and what that is, but that's really where it starts. And, and it doesn't mean you can't parent effectively while you're going through your own process. You can, you have all the capabilities, you have all the knowledge, you know what you don't want to do for your child. You that's already enough. This is going deeper to help understand your own process and where you may have a trigger or where you may be passing down some misnomer information that you don't realize. And it's okay. It's okay to be in process while you're a parent. You don't have to be perfect. We're, Please, if we're doing it right, we're always in process. <laughs> I think <laughs> so. Please step away from that idea that you can't parent effectively or kindly or well without having gone through all of your trauma. And you can, you can. I, I guarantee that you can. But just be open to be in process and be open to say, you know what? I think let's let's not talk about it this way. I don't think that that's kind or fair or whatever be okay with going back and reparenting them from a conversation you may have had three years before kids kids will they're little sponges they'll take it they'll listen they'll be like okay (laughs) you know (laughs) most of them 13 and on good luck (laughs) hormone years yeah you may need to do that with a long handle and like send a message in with like yeah no just kidding um it's like if i had the knowledge of pms the way i have it now yeah i would have i think i would have been more kind to myself then because i was a raging like hormone head like oh but um yeah i feel almost that this is not the end of this conversation, but it's almost like this is enough for now for all of us. And I feel like at some point this conversation may be picked back up again Um, because there's learning happening. There's other stuff happening. And I just really, truly feel that all of us are on this journey and we're going to need different information later on to help us further our journey. And that may be into the idea of our physical body and how it moves and moving it. However that. So, yeah, this is not the end of Huh? All over the place today. Yeah. I feel feel like this is very unending. Um, (laughs) But understand this. We are all in the places we're at. And as long as we're looking to treat ourselves better, 
do what we can the best way that we can, we're all okay. And we're all going to be okay. And I really want you to take all of what we've learned today with that heavy pinch of salt of if it applies, take it. If it doesn't leave it, you know, we're not doctors. We're not, well, Vanessa's closer to me than a doctor, but she's... (laughs) If you count the education that I'm constantly yeah. bitching about that I hated. So <laughs> the degree that she wants to burn though. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we're not doctors. We're not, you know, just as a disclaimer, we're not recommending or doing anything. That's up to you and your own physician, your own naturopath, whatever you choose to see. Please know that we are just here to explore and to share and to give knowledge that we have and that we've gained from, you know, being a therapist or having therapy or, you know, or just life experience as well as, you know, what, what the angels have to say too. Cause sometimes they're in my ears about stuff and they're like, yeah, no, that's not okay. And, you know, they're part of my healing process. So they definitely can be part of yours too. Yeah. So, if you have any questions, reach out to us. You know where to find us. If you want to work with either of us, listen to the outro. Our information is there. We're here to help you. We're here to be a sounding board, to, to do whatever you know we need. Just a reminder, no, this will come out after our lives. So I won't remind you about our live because our <laughs> live will be over by now. Just a reminder, we saw you live. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. But (laughs) until we see you again, take care, be well, and we love you. Yes, love y'all. If you were triggered by anything said in this podcast, please dial 911 or go to your local emergency room. To more deeply understand your unique emotional reaction to today's podcast, I'd love for you to connect with me. You can find me at Vanessa Perry Counselor at gmail.com or at www.vanessaperry.net. And if you wish to take your healing further through energy work or channeling angels or the highest level beings, please reach out to me, Grace, at graceevergreen.com or graceevergreen at outlook.com. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.